Now at the end of this valley was another, called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And Christian needed to go through it, because the way to the celestial city lay through the midst of it. Uh, those are John Bunyan's words in one of the most famous books ever written, Pilgrim's Progress. So after battling Apollyon, the pilgrim named Christian approaches the valley of the shadow of death. He needs to go through it, Bunyan writes, because the way to heaven runs through it. Church, we see that same valley. We see the inspiration for that valley in our text this morning. So we're taking three Sundays uh, here at the start of our outdoor gatherings to work our way slowly through the 23rd Psalm. And this Psalm has been a precious treasure trove to Christians over centuries who find themselves in need of comfort. And as we uh, begin to emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, with the future of that pandemic still very much uncertain, uh, as we witness unrest in our nation, concerning the horrible sin of racism, as we are faced with economic difficulty for probably years to come, what better time to run to the shepherd for his guidance, his protection, his comfort? So last week over at the Appletons, we saw how God is a shepherd who provides for his flock, uh, who leads us into good pasture, and then on to peaceful rest by still waters. He keeps his sheep safe and sound. And today we pick up with the very next verse, Psalm 23, verse 4. So let me read for us the first four verses of Psalm 23, and then we'll zoom in on that fourth verse with our time this morning. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. All right, so as we uh, consider this single verse this morning, let's do so with three points. And I tried to make them start with the same uh, syllable. It worked, Ashley. It worked. It took a long time. Uh, the shadow, the shore companion. I know that's not S-H, but English. Uh, and the shepherd. Shadow, shore companion, and shepherd. And you can show me how impressed you are later. Uh, and as, I, as, I, as we consider this verse, I think this verse especially within Psalm 23, I think there's a danger for us as Loudoun Valley Baptist Church that we should admit before we carry on with this study. And, and the danger is that this verse is super familiar to us. Really to all people around the world, regardless of whether they claim Christ or not. Everybody's heard some form of these words. They've been memorialized in songs, emblazoned on coffee cups. And so for us this morning, we could easily let this verse go in one ear and then out the other. But we must fight that temptation. Because here in this familiar verse is an incredible gift of comfort for the Christian. And so before we go any further, let's pray. Let's pray that God would pierce through any fog of familiarity 
that is descending on us as we consider Psalm 23:4, and help us to see and embrace and rejoice in this truth uh, again. Let's pray. Dear God, we are grateful for this time. We've all heard these words before. They are precious words. Many of us know them by memory, even if we've never memorized them. So would you lovingly present them afresh to us this morning so that we might be nourished by the truths of your word. Do this, we ask, for your glory and our joy. Amen. All right, shadow. So David's the psalm writer here. Uh, He begins this famous verse by saying, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So the shepherd imagery is continuing on uh, in verse four here. So next week, Lord willing, we'll see David shift imagery away from God as a shepherd to God as a host at a banquet. But for the time being here, he's still drawing on that illustration of God as shepherd. And he says that as a sheep belonging to God, the shepherd, we are not immune to any threat of danger. He considers here the valley of the shadow of death through which God's sheep will travel. So what what is meant by this valley? There have been various different approaches to these words. So we could see this phrase valley of the shadow of death as sort of applying primarily or even solely to just death itself, which we know all of us will come to the end of our lives. Or on the other end, we could draw this verse and and make it apply to basically any deep hardships we might come across as followers of God the shepherd. What we're going to do this morning is group those two together and not see them as necessarily uh, mutually exclusive. So while literal death might be in view in this verse, and I think it might be, uh, it seems right to lump in other deep valleys of darkness uh, that we face in this life. I think that makes good sense. Of course, death is in view here, and and death is the last valley we all must face. But as we follow our shepherd, we will be led through threatening times, times where we consider death more seriously, like many of us have done over the last three or four months. Times when we'll be faced with our own mortality, like many of us have over the last three or four months. Times when we are troubled by deep, shadowy darkness. So for some of you, Christian, Uh, That valley might be a physical disease, a a time where you're literally battling for life. For others of you, it might be a mental battle, like anxiety or depression, where dark thoughts you would never dare mention to anybody else seated here just assault your mind. Uh, Still, for others, the the fear of a valley of death might be facing the death or struggle of not yourself, but someone close to you, which can in some ways be even harder. Because you see them, you love them, and there's no way to help relieve their suffering. Uh, You can zoom out further, like we just said, to think of other deep valleys in your journey with God, the times where you wonder if you're going to be able to carry on at all. And David knows those valleys are real, those places of deep foreboding and despair. But Christian, there's something else in this text that I don't want us to miss. Do you see who leads the sheep into the valley? So who's leading the sheep in verse 3? It's God, right? It's the shepherd. Who's leading the sheep in verse 4? It must still be God, right? It must still be the shepherd. 
Christian, the shepherd leads us in paths of righteousness, and sometimes those paths go through the valley. God is not just present in the valley, as we'll see soon. He leads us into the valley. I wonder if that surprises you. Does it surprise you that God would do such a thing to his people, his dear flock? Wouldn't that be the last thing the good shepherd would want to do? Well, brother, sister, consider what it would mean if God did not lead you there. And and yet you ended up there all the same. What if God was only in control of your path during the good times, during the the meadows to nourish you, during the, the still waters to refresh you? What if he's in charge in those moments, but in the, here in the moments of the shadow of death, well, he wishes he could help more. He's really sad for you, but his hands are tied. Would he even be God then? Furthermore, would he even be trustworthy? No. See, there's no comfort in considering trials and sufferings and considering deep valleys to be outside God's will for the Christian. God does not create evil, but he is in control of evil. If he wasn't, he wouldn't be God. Evil would be. Evil only goes where God permits it to go. So Christian, when you're in the valley, you're going where your shepherd has led you, and he goes before you. You can trust him. One author writes, David does not see a shepherd scratching his head, wondering where they took a wrong turn. David trusts that his shepherd meant for him to pass that way. So Christian, when you're in the valley, do not think it's strange that you're being called to walk through darkness. The way to embracing God's comfort and God's understanding and to understand his grace more runs through valleys. As Christian saw in Pilgrim's Progress, even the way to heaven itself, to the celestial city, in Bunyan's words, runs through the valley. And so as we walk through valleys, we learn things about God that we would never have seen otherwise. Good things, wonderful things, merciful things. J.C. Ryle has written, When days of darkness come upon us, let us not count it a strange thing. Rather, let us remember that lessons are learned on such days which would never have been learned in sunshine. Christian, the valley is part of your path as you follow the leader. That's shadow. Next, sure companion. So in the setting of darkness and death, David boldly proclaims, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. See, God doesn't just lead David into the valley. He walks with David through the valley. God doesn't just present the valley, the entrance to David, and wish him well. He is present with him in that very valley. Even when the valley means death itself, the end of life, God goes with us when no one else can. And so David says, I will fear no evil. He doesn't fear no evil because there is no evil, right? He fears no evil because of who is with him, as evil threatens See, last week we saw God as a shepherd provider, and so David said, I shall not want. This week we see God as the shepherd protector, and we see David saying, I shall not fear. He knows that Yahweh, the I am that I am, is with him. And do you see the change there in David's perspective? 
You see the change in verse 4? He's no longer describing God in the third person. He's talking to God in the second person. Don't miss that. He's no longer saying, the Lord is my, is my shepherd. That person, that shepherd is my shepherd. He's saying, you are my shepherd. Derek Kidner writes, for David, the shepherd is no longer ahead to lead, but alongside to escort. Isn't that a wonderful picture? It's like the shepherd kind of waits up for the sheep and walks alongside them. He's no longer seen as a shepherd out front, leading the flock to their fold, showing them the way. He's the shepherd right beside. He's not observing from afar. He's not just sympathizing with us. He's not even at the end of the valley, beckoning us on as our cheerleader, saying, you can do it, you can do it. See, I did it. He is with us in the darkest, deepest valleys. And so the shadows must at least at last be vanquished because of the sure companion of our souls. God is with us. God with us. What's that remind you of? God with us. God entering our valleys. God entering our trials. God entering our weakness. Yeah, Jesus. The one who entered our pain entered our very shadow of death to be God with us, God incarnate, enfleshed to be like us so he could suffer with us and even suffer for us in our place. At the cross, Jesus underwent the final valley of the shadow of death. And at that moment, when he cried out for God's presence, he heard nothing in response. God turned his back on his son. Why? Because Jesus and his father had set in place a plan for our redemption, and that plan laid, ran through the valley, didn't it? Jesus would go to the cross to bear the judgment of death for the salvation of any who would turn to him. See, Jesus was separated from God's presence, so you would never need to be. Jesus was abandoned by God, so you will never need to fear the reality of abandonment. Jesus took your darkness. He took your valley. He took your death. If you will humble yourself, repent of your sin, and turn to him. One of my favorite books in the New Testament is Hebrews, and one of my favorite passages in Hebrews is there in chapter 2 where we read this concerning Jesus. Since therefore the children, you and I, Christian, since we share in flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise partook of the same things, the same things you and I have been concerned about and fear, that through death Jesus might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death are subject to lifelong slavery. For any of us here, I wonder if you understand that fear, that fear of death. I wonder if you've ever kind of understood how that can be enslaving, how it can paralyze you, cause despair. Look, if that's you, friend, look at Jesus. Look at his death for you. Trust in him. If you're here and you're not a Christian, Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Trust in him and be saved. 
if you have questions about that, you can talk to, to the hosts, Ed and Angela. You can talk to me afterwards. Uh, we would love to share more about what it means to have a shepherd walk the valley of the shadow of death with you because Jesus laid down his life for you. Shadow, shore companion, finally the shepherd. Look with me at the end of verse four. David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So soak in these last few words because next week we're not going to be thinking as much about God as shepherd. We move on to another illustration. But this is kind of the peak of, or the, at least the conclusion of seeing God as shepherd in Psalm 23. And it's beautiful. God the shepherd here is pictured with two tools. Two tools that would have been familiar to shepherds and sheep of the time. Now the first is a rod. So the rod was a weapon used to ward off predators. It was a bludgeon of sorts. Now the other is a staff. Not, not a weapon as much as it is sort of a tool of direction and guidance. Uh, so the staff is meant to keep the, the sheep together and rescue those who get themselves caught, stuck. And, and, the, and the, 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 where am I? Staff is used to direct them back to the fold. So David is envisioning his shepherd, God himself, as the one walking with him and equipped with the necessary tools to protect him and guide him. I love this. I love how Greg Morse puts it when he says, in the shadows, David sees the silhouette of weapons. He knows that the shadows bend and bow to the shepherd. It's a wonderful bit of holy imagination, right? We can imagine the sheep, you and I, squinting through the darkness where we feel like we have no hope and seeing a shepherd shadow right with us, armed and strong and wise. So with the sight of the shepherd, David says he is comforted. He's not comforted because there's no evil. He's comforted because the one with him is stronger than any evil that would seek to assault him. He's not comforted by his own skill, by his own power. He is comforted by his own shepherd. See, again, this psalm is extremely personal. David is, is not just thinking of this verse as, okay, I'm going to write that down as a pithy way to encourage people around me who struggle with hardship. This is for him. This is for him when he enters his valley. You know, during our time in ministry, uh, eight to ten years or so by now, Janice and I have seen uh, God give tremendous suffering to the most godly of saints. Have you seen that? When we see it, it would be a mistake for us to think we could never handle suffering like those saints do. When that saint has lost a child to cancer, when that saint has lost a spouse, that's something we could never do. That would be a mistake to think that because it's not in the strength of the sheep, but in the strength of the shepherd that David takes comfort. So Christian, when you find yourself in the valley, know God is with you. Don't just pray that he ends the valley as soon as possible. 
The clouds break and the sun pierces through. He may do that, and you're welcome to pray for that. But pray even more that he's with you and that he comforts you. Because it seems like more often than not, God wants you to trust you in the midst of the valley, not just at the end when you're looking back at how hard it was. It's not the absence of suffering that this psalm promises the Christian. It's the ever-present comfort of God in suffering, even while darkness persists. And so is that enough for you? As we saw last week, as long as you have God, you will have enough. So his rod and his staff may not remove your pain or remove you from your pain, but they will comfort you, reminding you that your God is with you, never to leave you nor forsake you, that he will hold you fast. So practical question, Christian, when you are suffering, which some of you are right now, what do your prayers look like? By all means, plead with God to stop your suffering according to his perfect will. Persist in prayer like the widow in Luke 18. Ask him for justice and for help. But with even more earnestness, pray he would abide with you. And his presence would be with you in the midst of your suffering and teach you more of his comfort and his character as you walk through the valley. And remember, you're not alone. You know, Jesus came to be God with us. But Jesus is in heaven now, right? How can we hold on to this promise if Jesus is far away? Is God still with us? Well, Jesus left, but he sent his spirit, didn't he? And his spirit is now, get this, his spirit is now not just with us, but within us. almost closer to us than we are to ourselves. We know God's presence in a way David didn't. And so the author, Dane Ortland in his book, Gentle and Lowly, which I will be quoting at length in the months to come, and you should read, can say Jesus is actually closer to us right now, June 21st, 2020, than he was to his own disciples in the first century in the, in the flesh with them. He's closer to us now than he was during his ministry 2,000 years ago. Can you believe that? That's astonishing. Ortland continues and says, through his spirit, Christ's own heart envelops his people with an embrace nearer and tighter than any physical embrace could ever achieve. Christian, fear no evil because God is within you. Fear no evil, because God is within you. Let's pray. Lord, this verse is just too deep for us to gather our thoughts. The deeper we plunge into it, the more at a loss we are. We can never reach the bottom of the comfort we can find in these words. So Spirit, come and comfort us this morning. We pray especially for those present who find themselves in especially deep valleys. May your rod and staff, your protection and discipline be their ever daily comfort. And for those of us feeling somewhat at ease this morning, somewhat carefree, 
May we nourish our hearts just as deeply on the riches of this truth so that when the valley comes, and it will, because the valley leads to heaven, we will know the words to pray. We thank you, Jesus, that just as our path runs through the valley to glory with you, so you have trodden that path with us, and you send your spirit to trod that path with us now. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.